What's going on, Bills Mafia? We're back with another off the off the edge tonight. It's gonna be a great one. A lot to get into. A lot to talk about. The good, the bad. Not much good, but we're gonna talk about both sides. Gonna get into everything. Bengals game, upcoming Broncos game, the rest of the season. Really, just take a look at this Buffalo Bills team who has been struggling mightily. So come on in, join us. It's gonna be a fun one. Me and Akeem, we're both here. Let's get it. Off the edge starts right now. is going on bills mafia welcome back to another show another episode of off the edge awesome to have everybody in here thank you guys for tuning in be sure to like comment subscribe down below want to see you know any any question you guys got i'm just going to start it off with the show with just saying any question you guys got put it in put it down in there we'll, we'll try to get to as many of them as we can at the end we'll definitely try to get to some of them as well um so be sure in the comments to get down in there give us some questions give us your thoughts let us know what you guys think obviously a lot to talk about so another loss this past week real tough one Akeem we're back it's going to be a tough episode I feel like just with what we're going to be talking about you know it's another tough tough game bills are struggling but besides that how you doing it's another Wednesday night we're in the middle of the week we're starting to finally maybe turn the turn the stone now onto onto now the Broncos um, so just how how you doing um, on this Wednesday evening? Uh, hey, Rich. Hakeem Richens built some Buffalo off the edge. If you don't know us, please get to know us. Ben, I'm I'm not so great, Ben. I'm, I'm not so great. I, I had high hopes for our Buffalo Bills coming into the season. Uh, we looked pretty good you know we had some stumbles and early in the season against the new york jets but that's a stout defense uh I, I thought we gathered ourselves nicely we had guys that was looking like all pro guys matt milano and daquan jones and all of a sudden the injuries happened and then after the injuries happened it was more injuries and then it was a snowball effect that trickled to the opposite side of the ball, which was the offense. And they stopped moving the ball and stopped scoring and start and stopped moving on a consistent basis. And we've been waiting for this team to get out of this funk, right, so to speak. But now it's starting to set in that this might not be a funk. This might be the Buffalo Bills team. It's nine games. And, and, you know, the, 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 some rules of thumb is you don't know who teams are until they play about eight, nine games. Well, we're at that point. And I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed and I have a, a plethora of concerns for this team moving, moving forward. So I'm not doing well, Ben. I'm not doing well. Mike is muted. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure that a lot of Bills Mafia feels the same way that you're feeling on this Wednesday evening. I'm, I'm feeling pretty much the same exact way, too. It's a tough spot to be in, especially when you have just a team that you had such high expectations for. Right. Past three years, it's been Super Bowl or bust. And we have they haven't gotten to one this year comes in. You're getting Von back, who's healthy. Trey started to look like he was his old self again. You know, you got an elite 
you know, defense, new play caller on defense, and Sean McDermott, who everybody's hyped up about. You bring in some some upgrades according to, you know, mostly everybody, including I thought they were upgrades as well on the offense with the offensive line and the weapons. So you upgrade in almost every area, yet they're five and four now. They just won on a five-game streak of a five-yard five five-point loss to the Jags, a five-point win against the Giants, four-point loss against the Patriots, six-point win against the Bucks, and then a six-point loss against the Bengals. So, it, it's been it has been a very 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 tough couple five uh, five weeks here. So we'll try to you know break it down as much as we can, get into it as much as we can, just say, you know, what's going on with this team? Is it even possible to turn things around? We have seen some great turnarounds in the NFL over the past few years, including some Super Bowl champions. So it, it, it is definitely a possibility. But before we get into just what they need to do, is it just the season done? Is it, you know, is it is it going to be just a rough end of the season? I just want to talk about the Spangles game quick, right? Is it another loss? I mean, it on paper, doesn't look that bad. But when you're watching the game, it looked a lot worse, I think, than 24-18 said. When you're looking at the score, right, 24-18, you're like, oh, well, you know, it's a close game. I feel like a lot of Bills fans didn't feel that way, didn't feel like, oh, it was a close game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so just what are your general thoughts on this loss? I mean, the Bengals, another team who started the year off very, very rough, started getting it together, and now they're riding a hot streak, including now this win over the Bills. So what do you think – of just this loss and just how the team played. I uh, it, it was a tough loss. You you coming into this game, you want to show that you are not a pretender, right? You want to come in, you want to show you're not a fraud. You want to come in and show that you can indeed beat an, a team that is <clears throat> probably starting to be considered a, a, a rivalry so to speak now right we talk about Tyreek Hill and Kansas City Miami rivalries I think that's a little far-fetched I think Cincinnati and Buffalo are, are closer to rivalries and you, you, you want to come out you want to perform and the team beat you last year in your home in the playoffs then they came and they with the fake bulletin board material in terms of talking about the, the snow game and it's not snowing so we're going to see what happens and then they come and they beat you again you know so it's from from the fan perspective. It's 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 inflating as a fan. It's disappointing. I'm pretty sure uh, to to players as well. And when I look at the game, uh, the offense once again. What is what is going on with the offense now? Now it's it's become a, a bigger concern. And now we have to do a, a a kind of a deep dive to figure out. Who's at fault? Is it player? Is it coaching? Is it personnel? What's going on? And and when I see that game, I see 75% coaching and 25% player in execution. That's what I'm seeing right now. Um, the, the Bills don't have an identity on offense. They don't have any structure on offense. They look as if they're just going out there and calling plays. And and I, I firmly believe this uh, right now from the Buffalo Bills offense. And I, I, I felt uncomfortable uh, a few weeks ago when Josh Allen in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, I felt uncomfortable because Josh Allen went to the blue tent and because he hurt his arm. And then 
after he hurt his arm, the very first play after Josh Allen hurt his arm, the uh, offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, puts our quarterback in harm's way on a third and long situation where you're supposed to just hand the ball off there, punt, and go about your business so your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, can continue his evaluations in his arm and seeing he's okay. And yet uh, Ken Dorsey put him in trouble, and that let me know that our offensive coordinator doesn't have a clue. And now I fast forward, and I'm, and I'm looking, why hasn't James Cook – taking the offensive snap in the fourth quarter. He's our starting running back. Why, why are our route concepts looking the way they are looking? Josh Allen is not put in the best case scenarios to win because the route concepts from the receivers, if Diggs is covered, the, the play is dead. If, if Dalton Kincaid is covered, the play is dead. I don't understand the route combinations that is being called from Ken Dorsey. And if you have, uh, if you have failed route combinations, you're putting your, your players in, in bad situations. And now they have to make these heroic type players in order for the offensive play to be successful. And that is on coaching. And people are like, well, why isn't Deontay Hardy getting involved and, and, and Trent Sherfoods getting get involved if the offensive coordinator doesn't understand route concepts from a receiver? There's no way he can get other players involved. There's no way he can get a, a, a third receiver and a fourth receiver involved. He has no understanding of offensive schematics. We need a passing game coordinator in here. And being, and I know I'm ranting a little bit, but being the fact that we don't have no offensive identity whatsoever, it, it's concerning, it's alarming, and I, I, I give this bulk of the blame to coaching. Meanwhile, you look on Cincinnati, Zach Taylor's over there, he's scheming up plays. He's calling fake bubble screens and leaking out his fourth tight end for wide open plays. It didn't matter what player was in the game as long as Jamar Chase was in the game. He understood the talent he had, and he understood because of that he could run decoys and scheme other guys open. And our offensive coordinator is failing to do that. And because of that, that is a big problem, and I don't think it can change. And it's it's. I know I talked offense. We could talk defense some in a little bit, but my I I have a, a, a lot of concerns. Gabe Davis no catches. Meanwhile, I look at the number two receiver on Cincinnati. He has eight catches over a hundred yards. So it's 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 disappointing and and disheartening to see as a as a Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you, you nailed a lot there and you did even, you know, I was going to get into do is it more coaches and more players. And I'm with you on that. I think I'm leaning to the coaches a decent amount. I mean, the big reason being when you look at the press conferences, right, you look at what they're saying after the game, you look at the film too. 
it does seem most of it's on coaching. And yes, don't get me wrong. Some of it is on Josh Allen. Some of it is on the players. Like, I mean, you know what? It seems like every game there's some crazy play, like a Dalton kid fumble or just a crazy penalty that doesn't make sense. Like, you know, the downfield uh, um, intentional grounding, everything. Right. So it seems like something always does happen on the offensive side. But at the same time, like you said, it just doesn't seem like they even know who they are themselves. It seems like, they know that they have Stefan Diggs. Doesn't seem like they know they have Gabe Davis because it seems like one game Gabe Davis will go off for eight catches, a hundred yards, and a touchdown. The next game, like this past Sunday, he he'll he'll go zero for zero and not even get a single catch, right? So it's just it, it's it really does seem like when everything's not working, who do you blame? Right. And it, it it's I don't think it's as simple as saying, oh, it's just one person, because it seems like it does. It is a multiple multitude of people. Right. Like, that's the big question. Is it is it this this offensive court? Is it Brian? Is it Ken Dorsey? Right. Is it Sean McDermott? Is it Josh Allen? And when I look at it, it's a little bit of everybody. But like you said, I do lean coaching a little bit because even these post-game press conferences, we're hearing the same, it seems like the same things over and over. We've been hearing Sean McDermott say we need more complimentary football for years. Uh, years, right? And when even when they were good, when they were leading the division, when they were the best team in, in, the, in the league, right? We were still hearing, well, we need to still work on our complimentary football. Need to, well, when, when are we going to just play the game of football and just go out there? And if you're on the 50-yard line, go for it, even if it says... Well, compliment for football, you'll be able to pin them back. Or, no, be, it just seems like they don't even – the coaching is just all over the place. It seems like one guy wants to do one thing, another wants to do that the other. When you have Ken Dorsey, who starts the game off pushing the ball, they're getting going. They're getting to the line. They're getting set. And you've seen it all year. It seems like this team has been better when they get in that no-huddle type of offense where it's just get up to the line. Let's run our next play here. Let's get going. Let's keep the defense on edge. And then you're hearing Sean McDermott say, well, we stopped that because we did want to play more complimentary football. Well, why? Why? Your offense cannot – it doesn't seem to work when it's not when it's not up-tempo, a little bit faster pace. When you're going huddle every time and you're slowing it down and you're, and you're having Josh you know, be able to take a look and take a second, that's not Josh Allen. Josh Allen is not – get a huddle every time let's really you know think about this play it's josh allen is a he's a video game type of player get up there get rolling let's get this fast get the ball out fast and then every once in a while take a sheet uh, a shot down deep and it just seems like they, they're not even they're, they're all over the place it just really does it seems like they're all over the place it seems like josh allen's looking all over the place on the football field because he's not hitting as people even have said in the comments he's not hitting his underneath routes when he should and he's hitting his underneath routes when he should be hitting them deeper. It just it, it seems like he's all over the place from to me. And when you have a guy who for the past three years hasn't been in the MVP conversation, all of a sudden he's not looking close to MVP form. That tells me, okay, that that's gotta be the coaching. Cause you even have guys who like Gabe Davis, who every year for the past what two, two, three years, we've been saying, Oh, he needs to take that step. And he's shown signs. He has. He's had good games, but why is it not consistent? Why is it? And as much as I want to say yes, Gabe Davis is is at fault. Is it fully Gabe Davis? I, I'm leaning with you. I, I'm leaning coaching. I, I I just and I don't know if it's more Sean McDermott or Ken Dorsey. I think that's the frustrating part because I think I, we've seen Ken Dorsey get creative at times. Is he enough? No. 
but we've also seen Ken Dorsey try to pick the tempo up, and then we hear Sean McDermott saying he's the one that's saying that no, bring the tempo down. So I'm I'm very 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 just all over the place here with is it this is it this coaching is it the players that's the frustrating part and I think that's why Bills fans are in that mindset of oh this this season's done because they can't even figure out what their offense is, let alone the defense who has their own problems, which we'll get into later. So we both just kind of obviously went on our little rants there. Of course, and I really of course. want to say a quick thing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go now. And it's just, it, it's really all over the place. Now I'm going to go ahead and say, you, you spoke about who is it in terms of Ken Dorsey or if it's Sean McDermott. It's both. It's both because Ken Dorsey's calling plays, right? He doesn't really have an idea how to call plays. Sean McDermott wants a certain type of schematics in calling plays, philosophy, or maybe a run past the uh, a balance, right? But he's a defensive guy, and and him as a as a head coach, he 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 makes mistakes as well, and he makes mistakes at critical junctures. That that catch, why are you challenging that catch? The catch on the, the it, it's fourth, it's late in the game. We don't have any timeouts. That is too close of a call to challenge and we failed that we lost that challenge and we lost a timeout you as a head coach have to say hey i i, I want to challenge that maybe if it was earlier in the game maybe if the situation was different i would challenge that but being that we already wasted a timeout being that we already down in this game and because we're down in this game we might need those timeouts later on and we had more injuries happen in Terrell Bernard and things going in our defense we may need this timeout later you know what I'm going to make the the smart coaching decision here and not use this timeout and and, and challenge this close call and he did that and and so so that's a problem I have with McDermott he he doesn't understand or he doesn't make those in-game decisions that he needs to make correctly as a head coach and talk about and i know we, we're, we're talking a lot here but when things of this magnitude in terms of the concern for our team happens we have a lot to talk about is it possible that josh allen is confused maybe maybe josh is in this offense now i want to hold the players accountable we have to hold the players accountable they're getting paid millions of dollars but at the same time i'm thinking that josh allen is confused in this offense now i'm i'm when i look at the all 22 i'm not sure if if every play he's supposed to be looking where he's supposed to be looking you know, and and the route concepts are so bad that if that first read is not there, there is no setup. There is no there's usually in the plays. There is usually no no security blanket in the play with the route concepts. So maybe he's confused when there are security blanket blankets in in certain play calls. So I'm I'm thinking that the offense as a whole has Josh Allen confused as in what to look at in, in, in each and every offensive play. Now, I'm not trying to make an excuse for him, but being that I see how the coaching is and the, the route concepts and, and plays are just, just being called, they're not being called based on uh, uh, schematics or, or what he's seeing. He's just calling plays. So is it possible that Josh Allen's confused? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's very, very possible. And it, like we said, it, we've been saying it for a while, right? And it's, it's. I feel like it's been probably since, what, week 
four, five, maybe even earlier than that, that we've been saying. It just seems like Josh Allen's all over the place. It seems like he's all, it looks, sometimes he looks like a deer in the headlights. He looks like I, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's looking all, he's, he, he, there's a guy right in front of him, wide open, five, five yards, just take the easy five. And he's still looking around, looking everywhere. And it's almost like he doesn't know. And like to your point, Yes, Josh Allen, you need to fix that as a player. You need to fix that. You need to know what you're doing. But at the same time, if you're watching, people are watching the film, if the players are watching the film and the film is saying, yes, Josh is not making certain reads, but at the same time, what is this? What are these concepts looking like with, you know, you're always having two guys going to the same side of the field yet you have only one guy on the other side every time and i'm not i'm saying you know i know you have to switch it up you have to have you know a certain amount of guys going crossers i go a certain amount of guys going deep every time but when you have time after time even sometimes the receivers looking like they're 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 just mm-hmm. dumbfounded mm-hmm. by what's mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. that's an issue and mm-hmm. it's just i i really don't know like I keep saying, I don't know because it's just I'm I'm at the state of disbelief because this offense has plenty of talent in my opinion. Uh-huh. I think you know automatically when you have a guy like Josh Allen, you should automatically have enough talent to be a top ten offense in this league. Let uh-huh. alone having a guy like Stephon Diggs on the outside, along with a guy like Kincaid who can really just be a mat- mismatch nightmare. It just it really blows my mind. I will say that's the positive part out of this is you are seeing Kincaid start to come along. Right, uh-huh. You're, I mean, he's he's been unbelievable the last few few weeks, uh-huh. and you hope that continues. But then, then, to your point, also, it's it's where's Hardy, where's where's Sherfield, where is Shakir? All of a sudden, comes onto the scene, and it's like, well, well why then we, did we sign these other two guys if we're not going to use them? And I know Hardy struggles to get separation. I understand that, but when he has the ball in his hands, uh-huh. it does seem like he makes something happen every time. That's mm-hmm. that's my personal opinion. Every time I see it, I, I think he's making at least one guy miss every time he gets the ball in his hands. So why not two, three, four times a game, just give him the ball in the backfield or get it out to him quick in the in the flat, right? Just get the ball to him. He seems to make plays when the ball's in his hands. And yes, he's not going to be a guy downfield to get separation. He's not going to be that guy. But you can utilize these guys better than they're be, being utilized, even Trent Sherfield, even Gabe Davis, you can utilize these guys better, and we're just not seeing it. So, I, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the offense. Mm-hmm. You know as much as anybody. I'm also on the defensive side of things being – I'm even more worried, if anything, on the defensive side than the offense. So I do want to just ask you, before we get into a little bit of the defense here, when you're looking at the future of the season, right, after this game, 5-4, and four, tough stretch coming. This was supposed to be the stretch that – bills were supposed to take advantage of they squandered some opportunities so when you're looking at the future of this team the rest of the season on a scale one to ten how concerned are you with this team missing the playoffs missing the playoffs i'm very concerned i'm very concerned uh one to ten i'm i'm at a seven and a half i'm 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 that high with the buffalo wheels oh i think that's reasonably high seven and a half we we're playing in you know a an AFC conference where, you know, there's there the whole everybody in the AFC uh, North is good, right? We have the Miami Dolphins and we have the New York Jets. That's that's been, that's going to probably be there in battle throughout the season. You have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Chargers, and those are a lot of teams um, buying for position. And when I look at the Buffalo Bills' schedule, 
It's the Denver Broncos. It's the New York Jets. It's the Eagles. It's Kansas City. It's Dallas. It's the Chargers. It's Patriots. It's Dolphins. That is a brutal, brutal schedule. And we are one game over 500 during the soft part of our schedule. <laughs> so because of that, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very concerned. I, I hope we could turn it around rather quickly. I hope we can, we can see a, 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 a Buffalo Bills offense that play like the, against the Miami Dolphins every week from here on out. And we can see a defense that can, can continue to bend, but not break. And I think we'll be fine. But I, I just, I have my concerns on if we'll be able to do that. Yeah, I, I'm like right in the middle. I'm gonna go with five. I just and five? part of me does five. And and Damn. here's here's the reasoning. I mean, yeah, it's been rough the past five weeks, just right. And my main thing is is we've seen this with plenty of teams before. You can go year after year, probably the past four years, right? And I know I keep alluding to this, and I know it's probably beating the dead horse, but. Right, Tampa Bay of the year they won the Super Bowl. They were seven and five at one point, had lost two in a row, or wasn't looking good. The Rams had lost three in a row to sub five hundred teams that that season. They won the Super Bowl, not looking. You know, they didn't look that great. They were struggling at some point. The Chiefs last year, I can't remember if they went through a little burst or not. I feel like they did struggle at a certain point in the season, but not too too bad. But you just look at team after team, and these guys, it, it's the NFL season at the end of the day. Now. If you would ask me two weeks ago, I would have been at like a two for this this question. I would have been at a one, maybe. I would have said, okay, yeah, they're struggling, but they're going to get it together. Five this week. If they lose this week, you can put me at a nine, ten. You can put me right up there, put me at a ten, whatever. But this week, I'm going to be at a five. I'm just going to be right in the middle because I still think offensively they can get it together and, and still fight for that wild card spot because of some of the points that you made where it can hurt. It can not. It can also help us in that in the sense of – because like a team, a, a conference like the AFC North is so good, that could cause a team or two to fall and and struggle a little bit, opening a chance for the Bills. So that because there are so many good AFC AFC teams, I think the Bills, if they can even get it together slightly towards the end of the year, win the last four games of the season, win out in December, that could be go a long way. That's already nine wins there. I, I think that could get you into the AFC with for the just how the how the AFC is looking right. But it is definitely, there are a lot of concerns. We already went over the offense. I'm, like I said, honestly, sometimes leaning more towards the defense being a concern because as much as, uh, yes, looking at the TV when we watch the game, the offense struggles, the defense, you know, does better in the second half, but it's still an issue. I mean, you look at last game alone, I believe the Bills in the first half, I believe, had seven minutes of, of time of possession, seven. And you guys, you can say, well, the Dolphins didn't do anything. But neither did the defense. Defense can't get off the field. They cannot get off the field. That's one thing I've been I, I've been saying all over is this defense cannot get off the field, and they're not forcing turnovers and not getting pressure. So when they're not doing that, you're going to mo more times than not lose the turnover battle, or not turnover battle, the uh, field position battle, which they have the past five weeks. When you look at weeks one through four, their average starting position is the 32-yard line. When you look at the past weeks five th or four through five through nine, it is the 24-yard line. Let me double-check that. I believe it's the 24. Uh, yes, 24-yard line. That's 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 a, almost a whole 10-yard difference. That's almost a whole first-down difference. And for me, when I'm looking at this Bills offense, yes, they're struggling. 
but they still move the ball sometimes, right? It just seems like every time you watch the game and they do start moving the ball, something happens, something, whether it's a fumble, whether it's Josh throwing a turn pick, whether it's a, a costly penalty, which we've also seen. So it's just the offense, I feel like, is slowly getting it together. I feel like that, that even the Bucks game, they they looked a lot better than 24 points was. I think, you know, if they go for it even two times, like we said last week, on in that, they look a lot better. Bengals didn't look amazing. But again, I don't think they looked unbearably bad, right? They, they you know, Josh Allen still completed the majority of his passes. He threw for two, over 250 yards. I mean, the only thing that was lacking, again, there was absolutely no run game, not a single bit of run game. So that is worrisome offensively. Defensively, it's just, to me, it just seems like it gets worse every week. And I know the Bengals only scored 24 points, right? But when they hold the ball for that long, they control time of possession for that long, and they got up early again. Again, they got up early. This defense can't seem to stop anybody in the first two drives. It just, it seems impossible. It's like the it's like mission impossible for this Bills defense to, to stop anybody. And then their inability to go off the field because they're 23rd in the league in third down conversion. So they can't get off the field. It's just it's that to me is the frustrating part, especially because you do have a head coach that is supposed to be this defensive guru who started off the season great. And I know that there's injuries. I understand that. That's one thing everybody's been saying to me while well, they have injuries. This team was supposed to be, again, every year we say it, this team is so deep. It's so, even if they do get injured, they're going to be fine. And yes, I don't expect this defense to now, with the injuries they have, be number one defense in the league, a top five defense in the league. But they can't stop a thing. They can't. The Giants game, they, yeah, they let up nine points. Should it have been nine points? If Tyrod Taylor doesn't audible out of a, a one play, already we lose that game. We lose that game immediately. Because the defense, again, would allow long drives. They allowed a seven-minute drive in that Giants game. They allowed multiple long drives against the Bengals here. They could not get off the field. And I'm sorry, but we I'm hearing injury, injury, injury. But at what point does it say, okay, we still have good players? What happened to Greg Rousseau? He's vanished off the face of the earth. Ed Alvers vanished off the face of the earth. Our two elite all-pro safeties look lost sometimes. It, it, the best player on the defense looks like Jane, Dane Jackson right now. That's that to me is again, even this defense is trying to make up for the offense so bad that they're just, they're, they're playing soft. I feel like last game I was watching a, a Leslie Frazier style defense. Was there not a multiple third and shorts that they're playing off coverage again? I mean, it, it just, it seems like they're going back to their old ways. I, I see another cover here. Epinesa, Epinesa's vanished. Everybody's vanished except for maybe Dane Jackson. So, yes, I'm in the middle right now because offensively, I think the offense can get it together maybe a little bit. And I think, you know, they haven't even looked. Yes, they've looked bad, but they have not looked as bad as people are saying. And the numbers even back it up. The numbers say that they've been still a top tier offense. Obviously, they haven't been a top tier offense. That's, you know, a, a little bit misleading are the numbers there. But they're not they're not doing as bad as you know. I think they they it, the numbers say, or the score says right. They've had multiple missed kicks from Tyler Bass. They've had like I said penalties and fumbles. Mis miscellaneous things happen. But the defensive side, it just seems like they have no idea. They they can't stop the pass. They're they're one of the worst teams against the pass in the past five weeks. I believe they're thirty first in yards per play on the pass, and then like twenty eighth on completion percentage. That's not good. Because also when I look at some of these games, right, you look at the Bills' schedule, past few games. Bengals game, 
that was both. It was both offense, defense. Bucks game, I think the offense played better. I think the defense at towards the end got a little lackadaisical. So that was was whatever. Patriots game, that was a hundred percent defense. I don't I don't care what anybody said. That's you allow twenty nine points to a team that couldn't score an offensive touchdown for the three games prior to that game, and then they end up giving up also a touchdown late. Giants game, the reason it was so close again. If you make two field goals in that game, it's twenty to nine. But again, if the defense doesn't have Tyrod Taylor audible out of a a I believe it was audible out of a run a pass play, then who knows? This this game could be completely different. Jags game again, the offense didn't look good. They struggled early on, but again, the defense couldn't get off the field. They couldn't. They could not get off the field. So it, it, to me, it's just when when I'm looking at everything, I'm seeing everybody go offense, 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 offense. Let's take a step back. It's also this defense is not helping. It's not helping this offense when you get down 7 nothing early, when you get down 10 nothing early, 14 nothing early, and now all of a sudden this offense needs to score some points, right? And the offense looks like they come out of the gate slow slow too. So it's just it, – it's. Well, I, I, I just kind of went all over the place there, but it's just – No, you're fine. You're fine. It's frustrating it was to a team that still, even with the injuries, have an unbelievable amount of talent and they still cannot execute, it seems like, on either side of the ball, and it seems like early on they're not executing on, the, on either side of the ball. Well, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a take it a step further. I know you said the team has a lot of talent, but I, I think it's a multitude of reasons why this defense looks like this, and I think it's not only Sean McDermott. I also think it's Brandon Bean as well how this team is constructed. And, you know, we spoke We spoke about injuries. The Buffalo Bills' best players, their best players, are the, are the ones that's injured. Matt Milano is, is a top three to five linebacker in this game. He's, he's hurt. Von Miller, in my opinion, he shouldn't even have been in the game. Another coaching, coaching issue. Von Miller, in my opinion, shouldn't even have been in that game in that situation. You know? But that's here or there. But he's coming off an injury. Daquan Jones is hurt. Trey White is hurt. So the, the Buffalo Bills' best players are hurt. Yes, that, that is a problem. Also, just the way the team is constructed, now that the, those players are hurt, everybody, I think, is getting exposed a little bit. Safety, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, I love them to death. They're north of 30, though. They're north of 30. They've been with the Buffalo Bills seven years. They've been relatively healthy for the first five years in a Buffalo Bills uniform, after the age of 30, at some point you have to start to put in a contingency plan at safety. So now the Buffalo Bills are dependent on safeties. Let's call the spade a spade. That's past their prime. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are past their prime. Jordan Poyer might be a little further past it than Micah Hyde, but they're not bad players, but they're not players that are are the same type of players that they were against the New England Patriots in the 2021 playoff game. They're not those players anymore. Where's the contingency plan behind those play, behind the safety position? We all want to knock on Kyir Elam and him being a first-round pick. The Buffalo Bills were supposed to draft the cornerback two years ago. They drafted a cornerback a year or two late. Why are we, we the, the, the Buffalo Bills and the number two cornerback position has been a topic of discussion for a number of seasons before Kyrie Elam got there. Right. So invest in 
back-to-back draft picks on defensive ends and the second round pick is no longer on the team right so we we we, we have to look at the coaching right sean mcdermott you're a defensive guru you should be able to coach these guys up and 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 make plays and keep these guys in the ball game but at the same time these players that we have are are older and Asian players, or we have slow guys. Our secondary is what? Who's any four, four guys in the secondary? Four, six guys, you know? So we're dependent on Dane Jackson to cover Jamar Chase. I, I, I commend him for doing an excellent job against Cincinnati that game. But like you said, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills defense is a concern because now we have the – Philadelphia Eagles, who have a, one of the best offenses in the league, that a better offense than we played all season. The Cowboys, another pretty good offense. The Chargers are a good offense. Kansas City Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes. So the, the, the Buffalo Bills defense, what are they going to do against those teams if they struggled against the Patriots? Right? So I think the, the concern is, is – is a, a multitude of things in terms of how the team is constructed and and injuries. And this is why a lot of people that are not Buffalo Bills fans say the Bills have peaked in 2021. And, and, and when we perform the way we perform, it's hard to argue against those sentiments. So it's, 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 it's definitely concerned. I want to build off this a little bit. I'm going to bring up a comment. And again, I, I, Corey, I don't need to take this any. This is just I saw the comment and it brought some thought into my mind of, mm-hmm. yes, the defense held him 24. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is another thing, again, in the Sean McDermott era that we've been accustomed to seeing games of, oh, they scored the only the defense only scored 24. But did, did it look like that? But as I mentioned earlier, seven minutes of, of offense in the first half, seven. Defense was on the field, that means, for 23 minutes. Second half, it was split right down the middle. Mm-hmm. So this defense that is this bend-don't-break defense that we've seen for years, because that's my thing. We've seen it for years. We've seen this bend-don't-break for years. Mm-hmm. That was one reason why people wanted Dorsey or Frazier gone. Mm-hmm. Well, Frazier's gone, well, we're, we're, it's still here to a pretty good extent. Mm-hmm. It's bend-don't-break because they are scared to – I, I don't know what it is. They're scared to get off the football field again because this defense is on the field for way, way, way too long. How many third downs are we going to fail? I'm going to keep going back to it. 23rd. Past three years before that, they were first, third, and fourth. Yeah, the defense was good because they were able to get off the football field. Now they can't get off the football field. They can't do it. They cannot do it. And – you know, I, you talked a little bit about Brandon Bean and the decisions makings. This team, to me, still has plenty of talent. I, I, I know that there's been some misses in the draft for him, but when you hit on 65, 70% of your picks, that that still is great to me. Yes, it, it sucks that a lot of them are early misses, right? Mm-hmm. That That's the most daunting part is he's hitting on a lot of late picks or a lot of, you know, mid to late picks. Yet, you know, all of a sudden it's these first two rounds, you can't, can't hit on them. Yeah, that's a concern. But at the same time, is that is that again? That's why I'm going to bring up Kyrie Lim again. Is is it just both the coach and the GM not being on the same page? Mm. He's got a t- he's a talented kid. Mm-hmm. Came out of the draft, he was a very talented kid. He was fast. He was athletic. He he was able to get go get the ball. 
He didn't fit the scheme, though. Mm. He didn't fit the scheme. Are they talking about this when they're drafting? Facts. I mean, same with even AJ Epinesa. He, he, mm-hmm. We knew he was a project, but why are you taking drafting the project second round? Mm. Or was he second or was he third? I can't remember. Second, he was second, second round. Second round. Second round. Mm-hmm. Why are you drafting yeah. these projects? Boogie Basham. Did he fit the defensive style? No, he didn't. So, yeah, we're drafting players, but it, are we drafting players to fit or are we drafting players based off of what we think they can be? Because, yes, that's what you do with a Matt Milano down in the, down in the fifth round. That's what you do with a Dane Jackson, right, in the six, mm-hmm. sixth round or seventh. I can't remember which one he is. But that's what you do with the late-round picks. First, mm-hmm. first two rounds, I mean, even Greg Rousseau, dude, he was another guy where people said, yeah, it might take him a little bit. All right, just quit. Mm-hmm. Quit, quit, quit with taking guys that you know you're gonna ha- are gonna take a year or two to develop. You have a team that you needed to win now, and to your point, we're not drafting guys early on that are coming in and making an impact. Kincaid's probably the first one rookie since Josh Allen to come in and really, really, pro- and and Tremaine Edmonds to really, really produce early on in his career as a top as a first round pick in this Buffalo Bills uniform, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I guess I, 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 to your point, yes, it is a little bit on you know Brandon Bean, but I'm curious, curious as if what's the disconnect there? We've already seen Sean McDermott's had disconnect with people that have already left left this this room, right? Mm-hmm. We saw the handshake after the Giants game. Mm-hmm. But what was it like when they were here? Mm-hmm. And that I, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to question Sean McDermott a lot more. Got to wonder, Leslie and, Frazier, his de- his departure. How I was that? How was the relationship with that? Like it was a weird know? departure. It mm-hmm. was a weird departure. And mm-hmm. look, I love Sean McDermott. I mean, that's the thing. I love Sean McDermott. I love Brandon Bean. I love what these guys have done. They've they've changed this whole franchise. But I'm starting to think is Sean McDermott, and I saw this 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 comparison. Is he the Mark Jackson, if you don't know, Mark Jackson was the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. For anybody that doesn't know, before Steve Kerr, mm-hmm. he's a guy that helped develop some players, helped get a culture going. Mm-hmm. But is he a guy that do we need a Steve Kerr now? Do we need that closer that come mm-hmm. in and be that coach that can be the guy that take to take us that far? Mm-hmm. Because it feels like after a lot of games, we do question the coaching more than the players. This is really the first year I feel like where we're coaching the play. We're not coaching. We're, we're questioning the players, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Even when they struggled last year, two years before during the stretch that they struggled, it was more. Oh well, the coaching is the problem. It was Dor- is Dable the problem? Is it? It's been coaching after coaching after coaching, and it seems like we're always deflecting blame to somebody else other than our head coach. And I feel like a lot of it is because of the people think, oh, Sean McDermott. Well, he's the one who broke the drought with a team that shouldn't have broke the drought. He's a guy that has been a very good coach. And don't get me wrong, he's a good coach. He's a very good coach. But is he? that elite upper echelon that can take a team to the Super Bowl. We haven't seen it yet. And so that's why I'm going to start questioning question Sean McDermott a little bit more than anybody else on this off on this team, including Ken Dorsey, including Josh Allen, including Brandon Bean. Go down the line. I'm going to question him first. Because he also took the reins of this defense. And now this defense is crumbling before our eyes. And like I said, cannot stop a thing consistently, cannot get off the field consistently, or even in big moments. So, I'm going to start questioning Sean McDermott a little bit more. Well, you know, we do need to question everybody, but I'm going to question Sean McDermott a little bit more. And so, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to go on to the next topic. Go, you, yeah, uh, real quick, real quick. And that, and that's, and and you know, and those are those are legitimate questions because we 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 cannot we cannot continue to give Sean McDermott the praise of he broke the drought, and that's why we should keep him. 
and that's the, in my opinion, right? Because there are there are there are tiers in coaching, and and just like in everything. So, what tier are you in as a coach? There are bad coaches. Then there are there are coaches that can lead you to to back to uh, a, a prominent space where you're 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 not an after you're not a laughing stock and 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 you're now can be a playoff team but you can't get to that next level right so maybe Sean McDermott has reached a level where now now it's like okay he's in a level with the Andy Reeds and with the Sean McVeighs and the Kyle Shanahan's and the Zach Taylors and now you are looked at to, uh, or have that expectation to reach the next the next tier and he's having trouble doing that so I think that's what's that's what's going on with Sean McDermott. He might just be not saying he's a bad coach, but there are tiers to coaching, and he might have reached his tier in the coaching level in the coaching rank. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see. It's been you know we guess still got some more weeks left, right? It's week ten, I believe now. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, ten, right? Five yes, four. Yep, ten. Yeah. So you know. I, Sean McDermott's got his work cut out for him. And I think even people are starting to see that they're sick of just the same answers over and over again. We need new answers here. We need we need something instead of just the same thing. So mm-hmm. we'll see what goes on. Um, but I want to go into our stock up, stock down quick. Um, mm-hmm. since you know we just went on we started the show. That was a great opening to the show, just 45 minutes of just yeah, yeah. We just went on it, just went at it. We bro. just did what the Las Vegas Raiders did to uh <laughs> Josh McDaniels, like a day before he got fired, just, right. just re- ream into him, just unreal on him. Right. And yeah, that was but, funny too. Mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you need to do that to your teams. And I've been one that I've been hesitant to do it. Now I'm fully, uh, I've it's, it's a disaster. So yeah. we'll go with our stock up, stock down. Let's just do, let's do the offense first. I believe we did the defense first last time. Um, you can pick which one you want to do first up or down. So you go ahead with stock up or down, whichever one you want um, or both at the same time. I'll start. I'll I'll start with stock up. Stock up. Um, I now I know it was a critical fumble, and 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 you seen it on his face. He know he's like, dang, you know, it, it was it was it was a critical fumble. But still, Dawson Kincaid, man, stock up for me is Dawson Kincaid. Ten receptions on eleven targets, eighty-one yards. You know, he's he looks he looks fast at the tight end position for a guy his size he's running more of the route tree he looks physical is he it's hard to bring him down on on the first attempt i love the aggressive nature he has in terms of of of, of trying to hurdle guys and trying to get the extra yard so um sometimes that that hurts you you can pay for trying to pick up the extra yard and it did but i i love what i'm starting to see uh, from Dalton Kincaid, first five games, 17 receptions, 118 yards. Last three, 23 receptions, 221 yards, and a touchdown. So, uh, definitely opening up the game for him, and it's it that's a a bright spot within the offense. I'm hoping we can take advantage of if we can get other players involved on a consistent basis. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, we mentioned Kincaid a little bit earlier. He's been unbelievable. Another great game. I mean, 11 targets, he catch 10 of them. Phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal, and he's still a rookie. Automatic. Star. He's automatic. If he, you throw the ball, it's like it's automatic. Yeah, I think believe you want eight for eight last game, and now ten for eleven. I mean, that, you know, that that's that's almost like Steph Curry in the fourth right there, right there. So he's he's hitting he's hitting some great numbers. I'm gonna go with another 
another target on offense. I'm going to go with Khalil Shakir because there's not really too many options on this offense. So I think Kincaid, you could probably go Diggs maybe a little bit. I mean, we all know what Diggs is, so you can't really right. go much more stock up for him. So I'm going to go Khalil Shakir. Another solid game. Um, obviously, only got targeted four times, but he caught all four of them for 57 mm-hmm. yards. So mm-hmm. solid game. Solid game. Nothing that's nothing like last game where you're going to say, oh, my gosh, look at Khalil Shakir. He's going crazy. He's got 90. I believe he had 90 yards last game, maybe a little bit under 90. Um, but, no, another great game from him. I think, you know, he he's showing that he can be a, a, a weapon in this offense and a valuable um, commodity for this offense. So I'm going to go Khalil Shakir. Not much else. I'll just go right into my um, down as well, my my stock down. And you might even agree with me, just everybody else. I mean, I, that's going to be my stock down. I'm just going to go with legitimately every single person that's on the offense bes- besides those two that we named and Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. Even Josh Allen still stacked down. I'm sorry, you're still missing some stuff. <clears throat> Offensive line, it's been brutal. I mean, I just even saw, you know, Mike put it in here. It's big, it's, they get a thumb down, thumbs down as well. They've been they've been brutal the past few weeks. Nobody else is getting open. So I'm going legitimately everybody else. That includes Ken Dorsey. That includes Sean McDermott and his role in the offense. Everybody else, you could. I don't know if you're going to pick an individual player, but that's my stack down. I'm going to go with legitimately everybody else. And and, and I agree 100. percent I'm a, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. Stock down. Uh, Gabe Davis. It's inexcusable. You can't have no, you, you, you can't have no statistics, and you're the number two receiver. It's, it's that's inexcusable. Stock down, Gabe Davis. I I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm tired of talking about the inconsistencies of Gabe Davis. I'm tired of talking about the same problems this Buffalo Bills team has had for some time. But stock down, Gabe Davis. Yeah. So there's stock down, stock up for offense. Now defense. Um, I'll start this one off since we started the up for offense for up. I'm gonna go with Dane Jackson. I mentioned him a little bit earlier. He's been he's been probably one of the few bright spots so far on this defense. And that's why I allude to like, you know, the cornerbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Trey White went down. They still got Benford, who I think everybody kind of thought of as cornerback too. Dane Jackson has been very solid on the Buffalo Bills team for ever since he's come into the league, really. And he's just been a very, very solid player. He's never been going to be an elite guy. Yeah, he's just he's got the limitations, I think, physically too. But he's been solid, right? I mean, he's been a great, great corner. He's been punching balls out. He's been making ta- huge tackles in some crucial spots, one on one alone on the outside. So, Dane Jackson stack up. He's been filling in great for Trey. I know he's not going to be Trey, but he still is going to be a very solid cornerback um, across from Benford. And I think that duo can be something that for down the road if Trey doesn't come back for a while um, or if he never comes back. So I think those two guys can be, you know, a, a solid, solid duo for the Buffalo Bills, along with now Russell Douglas coming in. I like it. Um, my stock up was Dane Jackson. I think that was both of our stock. I think that's the obvious, right? And it's, and it's so hard, honestly, it's so hard to find another stock up. So I'm gonna go with Linval Joseph. Linval Joseph. He was no. He jumped off on the camera screen in his first in his first game with the Buffalo Bills. Especially in you know it didn't look like much, but it was impressive to see him get Joe Burrow and kind of and, and catapult him back like that. I think he's going to be a, a, a crucial part for the Buffalo Bills defense going forward, and I think it's going to be a, a time where he might have to start and get the bulk of his snaps from the defensive tackles to position. So stock up. Uh, Limbaugh Joseph. Yeah, I mean, he made a great play. Um, obviously, that that one play still stands out more than any other play for him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, just absolutely tossing Joe Burrow back. Um, but yeah, that was a great play. Who is your stock down on the defense? Tyrell Dotson. Tyrell Dotson, my stock down. Yeah, I know he had seven tackles and he he started he started to play well. Uh, the more he played throughout the game, but still stock down. I think he has con- continuous problems with the same things. Uh, uh, misdirections and, and play actions and then not dropping back into his zones and he just looks lost in coverage and uh, uh, I'm not I'm not I'm, I'm not happy that Tyrell Dawson no disrespect I'm just calling a spade a spade I'm not happy that he's part of the starting unit and I wish I know I know uh, uh, Bernard went down but I wish you know uh, Sean McDermott just played Dorian Williams I'd rather Sean McDermott play Dorian Williams, let his get his, his rookie kinks out from now because that's still going to be better than, I think, on a higher ceiling than what Terrell Dawson have. So Terrell, stock, stock down, Terrell Dawson. Funny part is, is PFF has him ranked as like a top 10 linebacker so far this season. It's crazy, uh, right? And look, I, I think both of us can agree. PFF does do some great work, but mm-hmm. certain times, especially like you're like, that doesn't make sense. Right. Um, you see right. it here and there. So when you do like a PFF, I always tell people, take it with a little bit of grain, grain of salt. salt. They, they could have some great, you know, obviously don't completely throw them out the window, but that's where you got to really take, take it with a grain of salt. Because he is so far, according to PFF, a top 10 linebacker in the NFL. Uh, my stock down, I was going to go with Sean McDermott, but since I already laid into him enough today, I'm going to go with Greg Rousseau. He's been, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I haven't heard his name in about five games. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's had a sack in four games, and that's part of why this defense is struggling. Um, so, yeah, Greg Rousseau, he got off to a great start. I mean, you could really go with anybody here, but I'm going to go with Greg Rousseau just because he's a guy that – had higher expectations coming in this year, got off to a great start, and again, just fall off a cliff. Um, so, yeah, Greg Rousseau, I'm going to keep it short, simple, yeah. pretty easy. You can go with pretty much anybody. You can go with um, anybody that anybody says in the comments. I guarantee you could say, yes, that that makes sense. So, yeah. um, offense, defense, stock downs were easy. Stock ups were a little bit tougher for us. Um, mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. our stock down, stock up for this week. Hopefully next week it will be opposite, and we'll have a, a lot more ups to talk about than uh, – downs but you know we've seen how it's been the past few weeks right but let's move on we do have another game coming up monday nighter back at home uh against mr unlimited himself um russell wilson sean payton coming in here they're another team that it's been a little bit weird this season um i mean they got off to this horrible start right they lost to the raiders by one Josh McDaniels led Raiders, mind you, a commander's team by two. And then we know what happened with the with Dolphins there. They laid a 70 on them. They ended up beating the Bears, right? Then they lose to the Jets as well, lose to the Chiefs, but play them well, lose to the or beat the Packers then, and then beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So their last game is they had a bye last week. This week now they come, or no, they didn't have a bye last week. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, last week they did. Two weeks ago, they, they they played the Chiefs and beat them. So, again, it's the NFL. There's another thing. If the Bills were, it's, the Bills can very well lose this game. Uh-huh. So, the Broncos are a team that's, you know, they've definitely been putting it together a little more the past few weeks. 
Um, Russell Wilson hasn't looked as bad as last year. Javante Williams, I think, is getting it going a little bit more. Uh, Cortland Sutton, I think, has had a very solid year. But offensively, they've still been struggling a little bit. The defense has been picking it up, though, recently. They still have Pat Sertan, Baron Browning they get back. Um, unfortunately, they won't have Kareem Jackson due to suspension. But they still have some very solid pieces on this defense. But still, it's not not the best defense in the world. So what is your... Just overall thoughts on this Broncos team coming to, coming to Orchard Park here, coming to Highmark Stadium, um, or Ralph, as most people still call it. What are your overall thoughts on this upcoming matchup? I I think we have to take this game and this team very seriously. They, you know, we, we, you see how we've looked the last several weeks. You know, it, it, we could look at it as, as oh, it's just, just the Denver Broncos, but we, we lost to the Patriots. You know, it's no reason. There is no reason why the Buffalo Bills should lose to the Patriots. There's no reason why, like you said earlier, uh, that offense should be moving the ball the way they did against our defense. So uh, with that being said, you know, the Denver Broncos are, are, a, are a capable ball club. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they are three and two in their last five games. Uh, the last four weeks, their defense is allowing 15 points a game. That that's 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 a, a a long ways away from from getting 70 dropped on your head, right? So, um, the, there there are concerns for the Buffalo Bills in this game, and I do think we have to come out. We have to start fast. I think we have to play fast. Uh, if you're the offense and 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 try to to get out to a lead, because I think a problem the Buffalo Bills offense has, um, you spoke about the defense and being on the field a lot. I, I think the Buffalo Bills offense have too many three and outs, six point eight points per game in the first half. You know, uh, twenty six in the NFL. That's not going to get it done. As opposed to thirteen point four game points in the second half, which is third in the NFL. So we, you know, the Buffalo Bills definitely will want to get off to a, a, a fast start against this team because the later it is, the closer the game is, the higher the concerns become. So, yeah, yeah I think, you know, when you're looking at this game, right, two of the past three games, they played the Chiefs and they've allowed nine points to the Chiefs in a win and 19. Uh, look, all I want to say is there's not – this is one thing I will say. There's not so far a big difference in this Chiefs team that we're watching and this Buffalo Bills team that we're watching. The Chiefs just happen to be winning their close games. Bills are not. And that's a major concern when you look at a team like the Broncos who are, you know, slowly, at least defensively, they there seems like they're putting it together. Offensively, maybe, maybe not so much. So this is going to be a game where the Bills offense, if they put up 20 points, they should win this game. That's the way I see it. But is that that's the thing. Can they do it? Can they put up 20 points this game? It's, you know, it's just one of those things where when you look at this game, it, it almost if the Bills would have won last week, I would say this is a trap game. It's a trap game, right? Coming home Monday night. And the week against a struggling Russell Wilson, against a struggling Broncos team that, yeah, they won't beat the Chiefs their last game, but they're still not not looking amazing, right? So, to me, this would be a trap game if they had won last week, and I guess you could still say it's a trap game, but I think now there's a little more urgency with this Buffalo Bills team. And I think you have to put the pressure on them as the Buffalo Bills. And right now, going into the game, it's, 
all the pressure's on the Bills. All of it's on the Bills, where you have to come out firing. You have to come out no huddle right away. You have to come out defensively just getting after us, right? You have to put the pressure on them and say, nah, this is this is our house, right? Yeah, we've been struggling. We're five and four, but you're our get-right game. That's what they have to come out and say. They have to say, you're our get-right game. You're the game where we finally say, no, we're back. We're still here. We're still this team. But that's the thing. Can they do it? I don't know. I don't know if they can. So that's my initial thoughts are honestly, my first initial thought is confusion and then concern. Confusion and concern because you don't know what you're going to expect from this, this Bills team. You don't know what you're going to expect from this, this Broncos team. So that concerns me a little bit because when you don't know what you're going to get, because that's the thing. When you knew what you were going to get out of the Bengals last week, you knew it. You knew what you're going to get. You knew you're going to get a offense with a lot of weapons that can move the ball well, that can control time of possession, that can, you know, do a little bit of everything, a defense that can be a championship caliber for defense. But this Broncos team, you have no idea. You have no idea. This, this defense can come out and look otherworldly, but this defense can also come out and get 70 points hung on them, right? So it's, it's a tale of two stories with this Broncos team. You have to put the pressure on them and say, no, this is our house. So initial thoughts, I guess, are just got to come out firing. Like you said, just come out and get points on the board early. Honestly, except if you win the toss, pick pick the ball first. Get the ball first. Defer. Get the ball. Come out right away. Right? Seriously, do it. Like Come out right away. Put points on the board take the ball going. I don't care about the second half kickoff. I care about the first half kickoff, getting points on the board early. So if you win the toss, go ahead, get, get the ball right away, put points on the board. That's what you need to do. Um, but I do have a quick question for you before about this game. If they do lose, right, which we, nobody wants to think about, but it's thought that everybody going through everybody's head. What does it then mean to you? I know obviously the, the bills have been struggling, but what does now then you go to five and five to lose to a team like the Broncos after losing, you know, these past five weeks that have been rough games. Now you're at week 10. You're at double digit weeks. What would a loss mean to you? Would you consider ma- making major changes or would you say, you know, just let's see how the season goes out and wait till the end of the season. We lose to the Broncos. I don't think we make the playoffs. Yeah. If this is, this is, and you spoke about a trap game, this, in my opinion, this is a must win game for the Buffalo Bills must win. And if the Buffalo Bills do not win this game, I do not think, based on their schedule, I do not think they're going to make the playoffs if the if the if the, the they cannot pull off a victory Monday Night Football prime time at home against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you there. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if you lose this game, mm-hmm. I, I I will say if they lose this game, I I want some somebody somebody held accountable, and I I I will lose my mind if they lose this game, and all we hear after the game is, uh, we just got to keep working, we just got to keep getting better, we got to put it together. No, this is, uh, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm gonna take a deep breath here for a second because we've already we've already been to that point in the show where we both kind of had our rant. So yeah, I'm agree with you on that. I think that we're gonna say. If they lose this game, I want at least something changed. Whether that's Dorsey gone, whether that's even Dorsey staying, but having somebody else call the plays, mm-hmm. whether it's Sean McDermott saying, no, I'm not going to call the plays on defense if the defense is the point that struggles. So it, it something's got to change if they lose this game. I think it's a pretty simple answer. I think everybody would kind of agree there. 
um, something would need to, need to change. It wouldn't be just, oh, we need to figure it out. We need to get better this this upcoming week, and we'll put it behind us in a week. No, because we're, we're, we can't keep putting these games behind us. So, yeah, I, if, if they lose, it means that there's going to be some major changes, at least at the end of the season, for sure. That's going to tell me that there's going to be something at the end of the season that needs to change majorly. So, yeah, that's what the loss, I think, would mean to me. I do want to ask you, though, we, we talk about the Broncos. They have their weaknesses, right? They have their uh, their ups and downs, but they do. They have a lot of weaknesses. What is one weakness to you that you think the Bills can easily exploit here against this team? That's you know they they like I said coming off win, but what do you think they can exploit? Uh, uh, even if, even though the Bills are struggling, what do you think that they can take advantage of on this Broncos team? If if the coaching staff it looks into teams and and schemes based off what they see on a week-to-week basis depending on the team they face they should be able to pinpoint some weaknesses they see on opposing teams and this week i'm i i i see that the denver broncos defense allow 154 rushing yards per game they are allowing 5.4 rushing yards per attempt and I know their cornerback, Patrick Sertain, is, a, is supposed to be a lockdown corner and he can take away one side of the field. But when you have a defense that struggles uh, uh, stopping the run, that can open up so much other things for an offense, especially a struggling Bills offense. So I would like to see the Buffalo Bills get back into having an identity and making a concerted effort to, to run the football to get James Cook the football, let him use his speed, use his explosiveness, sprinkle in some Latavius Murray or Fournette, would have you, uh, uh, get some runs between the tackle. And then once you start finding some success, start opening up play action and getting the, getting the, the other guys involved. So I think that is something that the Buffalo Bills should try to take advantage of. They have their struggles, uh, they have their struggles uh, as well. The Buffalo Bills, their offense, they're 26 in the NFL in terms of uh, designed runs, right? So uh, I want to see Ken Dorsey try to take advantage of of uh, the weakness in the run game that the Denver Broncos have. Yeah, I'm going to build off your point real quick. Is When you look at the Dolphins game, you look at the box score, Tua threw the ball 26 times. They ran the ball 42 times. 42 times the Dolphins ran the ball that game. 26 passes. When you look at this Chiefs game that they had just recently won, so they beat the Chiefs, Mahomes threw the ball 38 times. They ran the ball with their running backs, mind you. I'm not counting the quarterback runs. They ran the ball with their running backs nine times. Nine. Well, I mean, Pacheco was averaging five yards carry, so it's not like they were just struggling on the ground. The, the, the keys are there. The keys to this game are there. You know what you have in this Denver defense. You see it. You can go back to week three against the Dolphins and their last game in week eight and say see the same thing, right? You can see why they struggle. Same thing even with, with the, the Packers, right? The Packers, the Packers lost this game, but they still ran the ball very, very well. So you you got to – I know people are going to say, well, I don't want to see the run game a lot. You have to use it to your advantage. And I think that will, like you said, open up things in the passing game. So my main thing, that weakness that I think they can exploit, 
kind of builds off that. They can't stop the run, but they also can't get to the quarterback. They have a struggling pass rush, and they are getting Baron Browning back, which will help. But again, it's not like he's a he's not a top top tier edge rusher. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be getting after him. He's not going to get five sacks this week. I mean, if he does, then that would be a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But we talked about this offensive line struggling the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. This is a defensive line they have to win. They have to win in pass protection against because this pass rush has almost been near non-existent for the Broncos. It's been struggling very, very mightily. So I'm going to go with the pass rush. I guess, you know, when you look at this defense, they're, they it's just their front seven struggled. You have to take advantage of that. That's why I'm kind of going to expect a big game again from Kincaid, which we'll we'll get to in my hot takes. But I just, yeah, it's you got to. I'm going to build off you with the running. They got to they got to stick stick with it, even if it struggles in the first quarter. They they mm-hmm. got to stick with it throughout the game. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying I think both of us can agree. Don't you still pass the ball majority of the time. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to be the Chiefs who ran the ball nine total times in a game that you lost because you. Because why? I don't even know why. It's not like they were running the ball. Like I said, they were running the ball great. So don't be the Chiefs. Stick with it. Run the ball 15 to 20 times this game. Throw the ball still 35 times, right? So you, you can do a couple different things here with this with this offense. And I think if you have a good mix of run pass where, you know, you're still running the passing the ball majority of the time, but you, you can get the run game going a little bit here. I think that that's going to be a key is you got to get the run game going. And then you got to, you have to, have to, have to dominate at the line of scrimmage in the passing game as well. So offensive line, I guess, if we look at both of our things, the things the Bills can exploit, it's just the offensive line. They have to come to play on, on Monday night. So there's our two weaknesses that we think that we can exploit. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I have a t- question here that I wasn't, I wasn't going to ask. I was, then I wasn't, then I was. So I'm going to ask it anyways. It's probably going to be a quick answer because I think I know the answer. Are the Bills a top 10 team in the NFL right now? I'm not even going to go top 10. I'm going to go top 15. Are they a top 15 team in the NFL right now? <sighs> it, it, so the answer was, if the question was to stick to top 10, I would, I, I would say no. Yeah. I, top I agree 15, there. A top 15, maybe. Top I, 15, I mean, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. You know, top top fifteen is it's what? How much teams make the playoffs? Fourteen. Uh, Fourteen. Yep. <clears throat> top fifteen. Right on right the outside. Right, right there. Right there. So yeah. <clears throat> I, I got a different question then. Are the Bills on paper a top ten team in the NFL? On paper, a top ten team in the league. Right now. With right now, player. with with the injuries, yes, count the no. injuries. No. no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're borderline top ten. I, I'm going to say borderline. And again, borderline. if okay. people want to say 13, 14, 15, yeah, I I would. I'm not going to, you know, go say no, no, no. I, I think that they're in that range of eight to thirteen still. Right, okay. they're right on the outside. Okay. Um, I because I, I still think that. you have a you still have a top five quarterback. You got a top five receiver, right? Um. You know, you got you got a running back who I think is underrated in this league. You still have a solid offensive line, Kincaid, the offense. Like, the offense should be there. Should Defensively, be. I still think, even though they have those injuries, as I mentioned, I still think they should be solid. They still have two corners who, yeah, you don't – neither of them are corner number one, but they, they're solid corners. They're solid players. I think corner – there's CB2s. You have two mm-hmm. CB2s out there, which isn't mm-hmm. the worst. Mm-hmm. Rasul mm-hmm. Douglas might come in can, can bring some new energy. Mm-hmm. Safeties, even though they've they've taken a step back, I still think they're top 10 in the league safety-wise at their positions. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe top 20 if we're counting both safeties combined, so they're both top 20. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, you know, 
I think on the defensive line, you still have a solid defensive line. So I think on paper, I, I would say I would put him just on the on like nine ten range. Um, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be mad if people had him at eight to fifteen. I would be very fine with that. So paper wise, it's a different story. Film wise, heck no. Oh my, not even close. So I'm gonna agree with you there. I don't think that they're a top ten team, top fifteen. I, I'm gonna say no, just barely. I don't think they're outside the top twenty yet, but I still think that they're they're not in that. They might not be in that top fifteen range. So it's gonna be tough. I mean, I, you might have to list through the teams there. We'll do that. Maybe we'll do that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Bills win, if they lose, we can automatically put them in the bottom ten of the league. We can mm-hmm. just say it. Um, if they win, though, then maybe next week that will be a topic we'll have is just going over what teams are better than them, what teams are worse than them, in at least in the AFC. So we'll, we'll go over that next week. Um, but just wanted to ask that quick. I kind of had that that answer that I thought that you'd have. Um, I, I kind of expected that. But let's do our prediction and hot takes before we head out of here. <clears throat> it's going to be an intro. I think that, you know I don't really know what to expect for for the for the prediction here from you. So what is your what is your game day prediction? Um, for this this Monday night game, uh, score prediction. Yeah, uh, game day score prediction. This Monday night game in Buffalo. I'm, I, I. This is the game. This, this would be the game if you look at the schedule. Where it's like, okay, this is the this this has to be the time the offense get their stuff together, get their get get uh, cross their T's and dot their eyes and. I'm going to hope that that is the case. So uh, I have the Buffalo Bills uh, defeating the Denver Broncos by the score of 30 to 23. 30 to 23. 30 to 23. Now, I know the defenses has been playing well. Defense for Broncos has been playing well. They've been in low-scoring games and held the Chiefs to nine points and, you know, stuff like that. But I think the Buffalo Bills, for for us to continue to think the Buffalo Bills have a chance, we need to see an offensive explosion on Monday night, so to speak. And and I'm hoping it's, it's time. Yeah, I think I I when I looked and I saw a prediction on our outline, you know, we always have our outline. Prediction's always down there, right? Mm-hmm. And usually I, I have a pretty good idea of what I'm gonna do for the prediction. This week, nope. not a clue. <laughs> not a not a single you couldn't I, I mean last week I said 44-42. That was way off. I thought it was gonna be a shootout. Mm-hmm. Um because they looked like I said, the offense looked decent against the Bronx the Buccaneers. And then, yeah, we know what happened. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with 2017. I, I like I, it. I, I like I, it. Until I see something from this offense, and yeah, mm-hmm. I would. I I do agree with you that I think this could be a game where they get right. Like it's the get right game. You could look mm-hmm. back at the end of the season and say, no, that was the game that we kind of they started turning it around. Mm-hmm. I, I could see them putting up 50 this game. I mean, it's the Broncos, right? I could see them doing that. But I'm gonna go with 2017. I think the Broncos coming off a bye week. Bills are going to be a little frustrated, so they might come out and force things a little bit. Um, and it could be a rough start again. But I'm gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna go 2017. I, I think it, again, I could see a million different ways. So I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna keep it 2017. So I'm just gonna say that, and I'm gonna just leave it with that because I, I could see your score. I could see, I could see a 10 to seven game. I, I could realistically see that. So. 
I'm gonna go with 2017. I'll start off the hot takes then, just go right into them. Uh-huh. Got three again. I think Josh Allen. I think he stops the turnovers this game. I think he doesn't have a single turnover. Which yes, that's a hot take nowadays. Um, mm, that is a hot. That, that is a hot take. Yeah, hot take. So Josh Allen, I think, doesn't have a turnover this game against a very good Broncos defense. I think Dalton Kincaid. I mentioned he was going to be in my hot takes. I think he goes over a hundred. We talked about their linebackers being struggling stopping the run. We talked about their off defensive line stop struggling stopping everything. I think that that will open things up for Kincaid. I think Kincaid can cause some mismatches if you have a linebacker lined up on him. So I think he goes over for over 100, which I believe would be the first time in his career. Um, so that's going to be my second one. And then my third one, we talked about him earlier again. He was actually my stock down, Greg Rousseau. I think he gets two sacks. I'm not going to go crazy with it. I said the Bills get five last week. So I think they get two, and it might only be Greg Rousseau's two. I think he gets he has a solid game this week. So Greg Rousseau, he's gonna be the they're gonna be he's gonna be my third and final hot take. Do you got any hot takes for us for this Monday nighter? Yeah, I think uh, we 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 talked about other guys getting involved and 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 doing stuff for the Buffalo Bills offense. Trent Sherfield scores his first touchdown of the season against the Denver Broncos. I think it's going to be one of those plays where he's in. I don't know if it's going to be a broke down play where it's going to be a scramble drill or, or, or what have you, but I think Trent Sherfield is, is going to get into the end zone uh, Monday night against the Denver Broncos. And on the defensive side of the ball, it's funny. You said at Oliver, I'm um, excuse me. I just gave mine away. It's funny. You said uh, Gregory Rousseau getting uh, multiple sacks. I believe uh, Ed Oliver will have a, a, a pretty good game having multiple sacks and a forced fumble for the Buffalo Bills. I think he's going to be the, the the defensive player of the game for the Bills. And before we hop off, actually, I was meaning to pull this up earlier. I had this question to start, so I hope Andrew's still in here. Andrew, if you are, give us a what's up in the chat, but we're going to pull your question up here. It's the only question I saw, I think, so I'm going to just pull it up. Are the Bills going to sign Gabe Davis? That's a tough question. You can keep – oh, I just lost it again. Um, you can keep it short. You can keep it long if you want. What do you think? Do you think the Bills will re-sign Gabe Davis? I, I do not think the Buffalo Bills will sign Gabe Davis. I think there is uh, – uh, being 31 other teams, I think there's another team out there that's going to want to give him uh, a, a number that the Buffalo Bills would not be able to match. So I think after the season, Gabe Davis would be – uh, uh, gone from the Buffalo Bills uh, roster organization. Yeah, I think it's not even, I think part of it, yes, the money, but I think even more so is that this wide receiver class in the draft looks like it's going to be unbelievable. I mean, it looks like you have a solid 10 to 20 guys that could it could be that in the first three rounds that are top 10. Like, so I, I think that makes it tougher for Gabe Davis. If it, was, if it was a weak wide receiver class, I would say maybe there's a higher chance. Um, but now that I'm seeing this wide receiver class, the Bills are struggling. Maybe they won't have a pick like they thought they would. They might have a higher one. They might want to go go up and get one of those top tier guys in a loaded draft class with receivers. So I think that that hurts a little bit. So I'm going to go with no as well. I do not think that Gabe Davis will get re-signed. Mm-hmm. If he does, it better be for 10, 12, 12 or less. And I still wouldn't be that happy with it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there's our, our final question. I do apologize if he was – not in the chat anymore. Um, I hope you are, but if you aren't, that was my fault. I meant to pull it up earlier. Just we lost track of time. That's what happens here, yeah, right? We go on our rants. A lot, a lot to discuss. A lot to discuss. A lot to discuss. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, there's um there's gonna be our show for today, guys. Again, you guys were awesome in the comments. I know I tried to pull up as many comments as I could. I know towards the end there we kind of got crazy. You guys had some great comments, great uh-huh. insights for for us to think about. Uh-huh. Um, and then I hope you guys enjoyed our insight to give you guys. So uh-huh. as I always say, every show though, our show, yes, we love and support you guys for supporting our show. Uh-huh. There are a bunch of other shows though that Built in Buffalo does. We'd love if you guys support them as well. So uh-huh. go down, check them out. I know Lance, Lance and uh, Peter, Peter. had their show yesterday. Uh-huh. They do, always do an amazing show. Yep. Um, I, th- there's a million other shows. I'll have to we'll have to get the list and put it up here at the end of the end of the show one of these days. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, go check them out. Like, comment, subscribe. Even on Twitter, let you know at me and Akiva sometimes if you guys got questions for us or even you know P- like uh-huh. I said, Peter, Lance, uh, down the line, everybody at Built in Buffalo. We love interacting with you guys, so just let us let us know in the in the comments what you guys want to see us talk about. Let us know on Twitter what you guys want to see us talk about. Just everywhere, let us know. Let us know. It's a tough season. It's been a tough season. You know, Bills Mafia. We need to stay together. We need to we need to need to you know have good conversation about this, right? So, we're having a good conversation. We had another great conversation on the show. Appreciate you, Akeem. Another great show. Just any last words before we hop off? Um. I think you covered it, man. Uh, excellent. Another excellent show. Uh, you know, I know we was passionate and was ranting about several discussions today. So we apologize about that. We would uh, in the future do a better job of, you know, cutting certain things short and get, and getting more of your questions because there was a lot of good questions in common. So maybe at the end of the show, if, they, if we see stuff like that going forward, we can probably have a little segment where we have a couple of minutes where we can read off and answer some questions, man. But excellent show to say the least. I uh, appreciate everybody in the comment section. And and hopefully next week we can have uh, more positive rants and discussions about our Buffalo Bills after a victory against the Denver Broncos. Till next time. Yeah. So we'll see you guys next time. As Akeem said, hopefully next week is significantly better with everything. Hopefully it's off of a Bills win. A win's a win. Just get the win. Just win, baby. That's all we need. As always, go Bills. Thank you, Built and Buff fam. We'll see you guys next week.